Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 417 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me for this live opening day special extravaganza from RedLegNation.com, RedsMinorLeagues.com. It's Doug Gray. How are you, Doug? I am great, Chad. I mean, we've got real-life, actual, regular season baseball happening. Uh, I, I could not be more excited. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you jumping on here during the game. Uh, we're going to be, you know, watching uh, a little bit here uh, with those of you that may want to jump on with us. Uh, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, you can uh, you can chat, and we'll maybe uh, be able to answer some of those questions, um, hopefully. But so far, so good for the Reds right now. Uh, the best thing that's happened in Reds baseball in probably the last, I don't know, say 30, 40 years just happened. And here's what it was. Um Joey Votto just was mic'd up and just gave an interview during the game and he would not shut up and it was glorious. It was amazing. Did you get to catch that, uh, Doug, before we jumped on? I I did. And that's the only thing that I'm ever going to say negative about this podcast is that it's unfortunately keeping me from hearing more Joey Votto live interview. That's it. Because obviously I need to be able to hear you and I, I can't have both things going on at once. Yeah, I wish that I hadn't promised 930 to, to begin <laughs> this thing because, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I'm trying to finish listening to him before we started. That's maybe we started a little bit late, but it was really incredible if you didn't get to see it. It's, it's, it's just Votto showing his personality, which he's been doing more you know, in recent years. But I know some uh, some people on, uh, on the social medias and uh, maybe in my uh, text messages were upset about him doing an interview during the game. He's not focusing on the game, I guess, but I – this is the type of thing that baseball needs to do. What they yes. just did with Joey Votto is he showed more of his, uh, uh, you know, charisma, more of his personality than you see from baseball game, baseball players ever. And this is what baseball needs, I, I think. And this is not what I expected to talk about, but you know, uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, anything that's going to get more fans engaged is, is everything that baseball needs to do. Um, I, I think this is great. I love it. It, it seems that you enjoyed it. Um, but you know, made baseball, whoever's running it, they, they seem to have problems in gauging what fans actually want out of the product. And instead they're like, Oh, Hey, have 19 different streaming services show our games. And Oh, if you live in Iowa, you don't get to watch any of them. Sorry. Uh, do, you, we, do we know anyone that lives in Iowa that can't watch them? Um, I mean, my buddy Phil lives in Iowa, but I don't, I don't know if he's blacked out of this particular game or not. Shout out. Phil. Maybe I, not. Yeah, yeah, no, prob- probably Phil. not. ESPN is they 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 tend to have that on on most uh, you know cable or satellite feeds, uh, no matter where you live. So, if you see the comments over on the right, if you're watching on uh, wherever you're watching, you should be able to see the comments now that are coming in. And one comes from our buddy Calvin Medcalf. I just got a, a note here. He says, "Morning, guys. Doug, is <laughs> it, is it morning where you are? You know, time's not real, so sure. Let's go with that. The sun's not out yet, but uh, yeah, let's let's just go with yes." Good morning, Calvin. Yeah, Calvin's actually in the uh, United Kingdom, where it is actually the mor- morning. He's uh, watching the st- staying up to watch the old uh, the old Red Legs. So, um, staying up, I guess wait, we're five five. Yeah, five, they're five hours ahead of us, I believe. So, is that right, Calvin? You can tell us. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, as we are, it's the middle of the fifth, and the Reds are up three to one. If you're watching with us, and you know, good start to the game uh, so far. Good start to the season. I got no complaints. No, none, none at all. 
So let's just briefly talk about the Reds opening day lineup, which um, was a little bit interesting to me. I, I can't say that I dislike it, but a little interesting to me. Uh, Jonathan India leading off. We're good with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Aristides Aquino playing right field and batting second. Now, I was surprised by that. I was surprised. surprised? I was surprised by the spot in the lineup. Uh, him right. being in right field, not necessarily just because, you know, there's a lefty on the mound, even though Max Fried has reverse splits. <laughs> and he actually pitches better against right. But yeah. Um, so him being a number two surprised me. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Naquin most days, obviously. But um, yeah, against the the lefty, Max Fried. Um, yeah. I, I just, it, that kind of blew my mind to see him at second, which, you know, he's uh, he's doing fine. Uh, Tommy Pham. Hitting third, playing left field. Joey Votto hitting cleanup. Tyler Stevens in fifth. Now that three, four, five. I actually thought we might see Fam in the two hole. Uh, I was interested to see that. That, but I like Fam Votto Stevenson there in the the middle of the order. Uh, and then Nixon Zell center field. Um, Mike Mustakas DH. Kyle Farmer shortstop and Brandon Drury third base hitting ninth. So um, I, you know, I think a lot of the. Uh, you you can talk a little bit about this if you want. The, so a lot of the projections out there are showing the Reds to maybe have a decent offense, and that's not an awful lineup there. Um, they should they should be able to score some runs, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the offense is fine. Uh, not not a world beater. Nobody's going to confuse them with the Dodgers, but they're not going to be a bad offense. I, I think the one thing that I do like about the lineup is I, I think they're pretty deep in terms of guys that have plate discipline that are patient hitters. Um, and I, I really do think that they're going to they're work starting pitchers a lot this season, uh, and, you know, especially early on in the year. That really might play to their benefit because guys aren't stretched out, and you're really going to get through some bullpens, uh, particularly early on when you know starters are only throwing you know 75 to 85 pitches. Um, you know, and bullpens they're they're really good these days, but you know they're a reason that those guys are bullpen pitchers too. Yeah, you know, uh, cheers, Joey Gadeets. I, I see there. Uh, you're right. You're right. You know, Tommy Pham, again, I'd rather have Jesse Winker playing left field, all things considered, but I like Tommy Pham. I think he's going to fit in well. I got no issues with him. Uh, so, anyway, first game, so far, so good. I wanted to, before I uh, answer some questions, and these. You can join us in getting some shenanigans related a bit. Happy says John. When we do that again this year. So that's the question I asked you, Doug Gray. How exciting is it going to be when the Reds go wire to wire? I mean, look, I'm not going to say that I'm starting the parade for it, but if they go wire to wire and win the whole thing, I'll at least be at the parade for it. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to love it. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. And until proven otherwise, I'm expecting it to happen. You've got to expect it to happen. I, I can't imagine any reason why it would not happen. So, yeah. Can we can we break down the uh, opening day roster here for a little bit? Um, sure. You know, why not, right? Let's Because uh, the Reds did come uh, finally. Obviously, they had to release their opening day roster so that they could play opening day. I think that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, I, 20, you, know, you say that, you say that, but the AAA Louisville Bats emailed me this afternoon with their official opening day roster about an hour before the third game of the season. So 
I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure that you're right on that, Chad. Uh, sorry if we have video problems. Not sure what the issue is. I see some of y'all are saying that. Um, we've got to figure that out. Um, I, I, I bet the problem is I've got a kid streaming upstairs. Is my guess. Uh, and Kids, we got we got to stop that. Uh, so I'm I'm going to send a text message. This is real time parenting that you're getting to watch here. Um. So let's talk about the opening day. Uh, roster. We're, we're gonna we're gonna go first with the. Uh, I'm not sure what that, that was. That was my watch going off. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. See, this is this is when we go live. This is what we get. Okay. Um. So uh, let's talk about the four starters first of all. Tyler Malley, Reaver San Martin, Vladimir Gutierrez. Hunter Green, precisely the starting rotation that we all expected to begin the season uh, when uh, last season ended, right? I mean, that That's what I foresaw. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but yeah, that's exactly how I saw it lining up, you know, on our October 4th last year. I was like, yeah, this, this is easy to see. Yeah, you're, you're, you're lying. Um, <laughs> was it that obvious? It was, it was. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm still parenting in real time. Um, all right, so anyway, Reaver San Martin. Well, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> let's talk about. It. I mean, you know, he's he he's not your prototypical starting pitcher in today's game. I mean, he throws eighty-seven to ninety-one miles an hour. Um, you know, doesn't have an outstanding secondary pitch that really jumps out at you. I mean, he's he, not that he has a bad secondary offerings, you know, but you know, nobody's going to confuse his breaking ball with, you know, Clayton Kershaw's. Uh, but you know, he, he's got a funky delivery that kind of throws you off a little bit. He's left-handed and he gets a ton of ground balls and he throws strikes. I mean, he's probably not ever going to be a top of the rotation guy, but I mean, realistically, if he's your fifth guy and I, I know he's starting tomorrow, so He's your number two, but none of that really, none of that really matters. Like, you know, after the first series, none of that, nobody matches up. It doesn't matter. Um, You know, if he's the fifth guy, you know, the swing man, you know, you can do a lot worse than that probably. Yeah. Again, he's a guy that he's 25. He'll be 26 uh, soon. Like within days, he'll be 26 years old. I think Um, he's a guy that you, you don't mind having as depth. And now he's the number two starter on the Reds. (laughs) Not not literally. Well, literally he is, but no. Um, that's when he's. Uh, that's that's when he's starting. So anyway, um, Reaver San Martin again, a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. You know, he, uh, lefty and uh, is what he is. The, the the big name there in that uh, initial rotation, of course. I mean, we can talk about uh, Tyler Malley, who's looked pretty good most of the night tonight. Um, but and but we can also talk about Vladimir Gutierrez, who we've t- talked about plenty here on the on the show, who had just really a, a, a rookie season that there's nothing to be upset about with his rookie season. But the big name, of course, is Hunter Green. So, uh, and we talked about this a little bit. But it, are you as excited as I am that Hunter Green is a healthy and b in the Red starting rotation? I mean, I don't know exactly how excited you are so that that's tough to answer but i'm looking forward to seeing it um you know i I think that 
you know, in an ideal world, he probably, you know, is maybe back in triple a, um, you know, give him a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning just because that's nothing against Hunter green. It's just, you know, he just has not pitched much, uh, since he was drafted. You know, some of that is due to the injury. Some of it was due to how 2020 played out, uh, you know, and he did pitch at the alternate site, but that's not the same thing as pitching in games. Um, you know, they, they try to, you know, replicate game scenarios, but it's, it's not the same. You're facing your teammates over there. The competitiveness is there a little bit, but I promise you Hunter Green wasn't thinking, I need to get this guy back off the plate. I'm going to throw it inside, you know, throw 102 inside to, you know, Jonathan India. He wasn't going to do that because that's your guy. You don't want to risk, hey, I'm going to hit this guy in the hands. Um, and, and so it's just, it's not quite the same. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I think Hunter will be fine out there. He's probably gonna have some ups, ups and downs like anybody's going sure. to in their, their rookie showing. But um, ideally, you know, you, you would probably prefer to see him get a little bit more seasoning in the minors. But, um, you know, one of the things that I really did like to hear from him, and I mean, we saw it in spring training too, is that he worked on his changeup in the offseason, and he seems to have a lot more confidence in it. You know, watching him last year, he did not throw the changeup much. Um, you, you didn't really see it to right-handed hitters at all last year. Um, and even even in very small, you know, sample size in spring training, I, I'm pretty sure that I saw more change-ups to right-handers in spring training than I saw all of last year, and I watched every single one of his starts. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, Tyler Ma- – I mean, uh, Hunter Green, Tyler Mallow, I was going to say, the Reds are through five innings. Tyler Mallow's giving up one run. Reds are up 3-1 still. Um, yeah, Hunter Green. Bring it on. Can't wait to watch him. He's going to struggle sometimes. Can't wait to watch him. I don't care. Uh, some people were, uh, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but we heard a lot of, uh, we saw some some commentary about, wait a minute, uh, there's only four. And this happens every year, you know. The Reds never named their starting five because uh, they don't need a fifth starter for a while. Um, but some people saying, Reaver San Martin, why not Nicodolo? Well, Nicodolo is with the team. He's on the taxi squad, and uh, the Reds will have to make a move to get him on the 40-man roster uh, before he pitches, but he he's going to pitch soon. Uh, he's with the team. He When the Reds need a, a number five starter, he's going to be the guy, and that's another guy that I'm excited to watch. Yeah, yeah. it's you know It, it, it feels almost, and I, I hesitate to say this because of how it worked out, but you know, very 2016, 2017-ish, where it feels like the Reds have a lot of guys that are, you know, highly touted pitching prospects that are right there. Um, and, you know, Nicodolo's right, he's, he's right up there in the you know, top 50 prospects in all of baseball. And, you know, we're, we're going to get a chance to see him here real soon. Good question from Brian Bowdy. If, if Major League Baseball mic'd up players in the 1970s, which Reds player would have been suspended first for what he said on air? And why is it Pete Rose? Ooh, ooh, can I go first? <laughs> yes, you can go first. Because he'd have been caught saying, you know, I've got $3,000 on, well, somebody to win this game. You're all wrong. The answer is actually, uh, this is surprising, but the answer, the first Reds player to have been suspended would have been uh, Dan Dreesen. I'm, I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but Dan, it would have been. Okay, let's, hold on now. Danny Dreesen. Would they really have mic'd up Dan Dreesen, though? On that team, come on, come on, Dad. You're right. It probably would have been uh, Bill Plummer or someone. Uh, I can't think of anyone else. Um, so let's look at the relievers quickly. And, and what's funny about this you know, relief core for the Reds is that it's a bunch of guys. There's not a single one that was on this roster at the beginning of last year 
on opening day last year, which, you know, that's a, that's a good thing <laughs> given how last year's bullpen was, but uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. I, and, and I don't know that I've got any uh, thoughts. Luis Sessa, you know, we know we saw him some last year, good arm, like that guy, um, Jeff Hoffman. We saw him. He is what he is. Um, Justin Wilson came over from the Yankees uh, midseason. Is what he is. I'm, I, I like having that. He's a lefty out of the bullpen. I like having him. Um, one name that's interesting that I want to let you comment on because you complained about this one uh, incessantly last year, and you were correct. And that's Dari Moretta came out of spring training. So, um, what do we expect about that guy from that guy? I, I mean, I, I'm ready to see what he can actually get done. You know, they he he went like three months without giving up an earned run in AAA last year, and somehow the Reds didn't call him up till the final week of the season, which makes no sense to me. I don't understand how that's a possibility given how bad the Reds bullpen was last year. Um, but you know, I I, I just want to see what happens. I he's earned his shot, and I, I really like the fastball, breaking ball. He's got a, he's got a change up that he'll show sometimes. So he's kind of one of those weird three pitch relief pitchers. Neither strikes. So let's let's see what happens. Tony Santion's another one in the bullpen, uh, and uh, who's a guy that I like, who's had some success uh, in the minor leagues and got a live arm. And I like what I saw out of him uh, last year. Uh, Joey Gadiz asks us a question in the chat here. Potential closer? You know, I, I I think yes, given who we have on this roster. But uh, you know, I'm not sure where he lands on the uh, on the totem pole. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Doug? I'm going to say no, just based off of what David Bell kind of hinted at. It, it sounded like he was kind of leaning towards using Santion in the, in the same role that they used TJ Antone in, just kind of is that that fireman that could come in and give you an inning or two in the you know middle relief, which, you know, that's, that's not exactly better. Yeah, like, we don't we, we say middle relief and initially you're kind of like, well, that's kind of an, an insult to a guy. You know, he's only a middle reliever, but that's not how teams are using those guys anymore. You know, they're they're they figured out that hey, just because it's the seventh inning doesn't mean it's not the most important inning of relief. Because if that's you know the two, three, four hitters, you know, that's a lot more important than facing the seven, eight, nine guys in the ninth inning when you're when you're ahead. So um I I, I do think that they're probably gonna have a few guys that are gonna get a, a decent amount of saves, but it, it did sound like David Bell was kind of leaning towards Santi on being that you know, that fireman, not necessarily, hey, you're the ninth inning guy. Yeah. And, you know, there are things, plenty of things to criticize David Bell for. I'm, I'm happy to criticize him. He's just, uh, he's about as average as a manager as you can expect, which is, that's not bad. You know, uh, I would like the Reds to be average this year. It'd be fine. But as, as Joe says, he doesn't plan on using traditional closer. I'm completely happy about it. He, he was willing to use his better relievers uh, last year in, High leverage situations. How long have we been screaming for that? For uh, years. And I'm, so, I'm about to turn 38, so like 36 years at least. God, you are old. I um, really am. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's not I'm your never fault. Age. I'm never You're not my age. dad. <laughs> That's this. This is true. You finally said something true on the podcast. So, but the but the point is. Um, yeah, Ton. I, I, really, I was hopeful he could be a, a starter because you know he had some success as a starter in the minor leagues. But he's a guy with an arm that can, really can, uh, really can uh, help this bullpen. I think be a mainstay for a while. Yeah. Hey, look at that! Mike Takas got a hit. Looks like it was a, a screamer. Hey, um, it, it all it all counts, right? That's right. That's right. Um, I'm driving the box score, right, Brian? So, um, 
who else next in the bullpen that I wanted to talk about? How about Alexis Diaz? This is an actual player. Alexis Diaz. He's uh, he's 25 years old. He's from Puerto Rico. Uh, and by the way, uh, Nate Dotson is not with us tonight because he's in Puerto Rico doing some planning for his wedding down there. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I know. Exciting. That's where, oh goodness. I got to make sure. Congrats, Nate. I, I got to look. Yeah, I got to look up the date uh, of his wedding. I Are we going to be podcasting from Puerto Rico? That's exciting. So Alexis Diaz is a, a player and, you know. He's a player, um, yes. He, he, he has a uniform. He made the team. That's about all I can tell you about him. I'm not incredibly yeah, would, impressed with his stats. Would you would you like me to chime in a little bit? I, I've got some things. That's what, this is where I'm leading you to is that I see his stats and I'm I'm not particularly no Joe, you don't want us to live stream that wedding. Um I look at his stats and I'm not not that compelled, but I'm presuming because you're redsminorleagues.com that you're gonna be able to tell us a little bit more about Alexis Diaz, who is a guy. So Edwin Diaz's wait, wait, wait. little brother. Oh, oh. I don't stop. Kyle Farmer, two for three tonight. P. All right, Alexis Diaz. So it's uh, Edwin Diaz's little brother. Um, they are. I'm. We're pretty sure that they're the first pair of Puerto Rican brothers to pitch in the major leagues. So that that's a fun little little tidbit of information. Um, he throws mid nineties, tops out about ninety eight, ninety nine. Good slider. Another one of those guys, he's got to change up. He's a former starting pitcher. Um, you know, I think he had, I want to say he had 70 strikeouts and 42 and two-thirds innings last year in double A. Again, one of those guys, you you probably would have liked to have seen him pitch in triple A, but um, I don't know if anybody's seen the Reds injured list, but it's got like 412 players on it. So uh, some guys are, you know, they're, they're getting pushed up maybe a little bit sooner than the organization would have liked. Uh, but, you know, I, I've really liked his stuff for a long time. I think it's just going to come down to, you know, is he able to throw strikes to major league hitters? Um, you know, he does rely on that slider a lot. And, you know, that's one of those things where sometimes that's a chase pitch for guys and major league hitters don't always chase it. So is he going to be able to make that adjustment to throw it closer to the strike zone? There you go. That's everything you need to know. Uh, Daniel Duarte. This is now, this is a guy that I love. Okay. This is a guy that I love and not because of his, uh, stats. It's not because of what he brings, but he's got a pretty good story. Can you quickly list the Daniel Duarte story? He's from Mexico. A year ago. Yeah. A year ago, he was not playing professional baseball anywhere. He was a free agent. Same same as me. Um, Same as you, but here's where it changed. He did sign a professional contract. He was playing professional baseball in Mexico uh, shortly after April began. And then the Reds picked him up in late June. And he barely pitched before going to Tokyo to pitch in the Olympics with Team Mexico. And then he came back to the United Same States. Same as me. Double A and triple. Wait a minute. When did no. that happen? Maybe. Oh, not. okay. You know, came came back to the Olympics, pitched in double A and triple A. Season ended. Reds were like, man, we really like this guy. And they had to protect him from the Rule 5 draft, added him to the 40 man roster. And hey, you know, he pitched well in spring training. And now, now he's big leaguer. Yeah, he went he went one Good year and went from I'm not playing professional baseball at all to big leaguer. Fantastic. Good for him. I love it. Uh, we shouldn't spend so much time on the bullpen because it's the bullpen. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Ryan Hendricks, you know, uh, uh, 20, uh, 27 year 
you know, he did not uh, was not particularly impressive in his uh, debut last year with uh, the Reds bullpen. But uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that throws with his right arm, and you know, good for him. I've Art Warren, it. who also I've seen it. <laughs> you've actually seen it. Art Warren, who uh, you know, we saw we got a glimpse of him last year. It was actually pretty good last year uh, in uh, kind of limited twenty six games. I think uh, he's a twenty nine year old and. Uh, um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm an Art Warren stan, as the kids would say. I get it. Um, I, you know, for for being an older guy, he he really did kind of surprise me. I, you know, usually when guys don't make their debuts until their late twenties, even relievers, you don't expect the the stuff that Art Warren showed last year. I I, I really do think that he's going to be a key part to this bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next one I want to ask you about is Lee's favorite player on the 2022 Cincinnati Reds, the final member of the bullpen. Literally, my favorite player. He's a 31-year-old. He's from Conyers, Georgia. He's, uh, I don't even know, what, uh, number 45. I don't know what his number is. Number 45 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Buck Farmer. <laughs> um, Buck Farmer. He's my favorite the farmer. Trying to on this collect roster. guys named Farmer. <laughs> Why in the world this um, guy? He's pitched for Detroit for seven years, eight years, with a five point three three ERA, and somehow has pitched two hundred and forty one games. But uh, you know his he's got one of the best beards I've ever seen, and I'm just uh, listen. Buck Farmer's my guy. I'm sorry. Any comments on Buck Farmer? Uh, not, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like you know, being Chad's favorite player is enough, right? It's, it's something. Uh, it's actually, there's another one other reliever, and that's uh, a guy who actually, you know, I'm kind of interested in, in this guy, Hunter Strickland. You know, um, he, he's like 72 years old, but he's had some success. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is he too old to uh, pitch? Is he too old to? Uh, you know, not be collecting uh, social security. What happened here? What did, I, what did I miss? Oh my goodness. Brandon Drury. Brandon just did a three Drury. Run home run. Yeah, three that, run home that, that run. Huge, and I missed it. That huge free agent signing by the Reds. Wait, was he? We were going to talk about him as we analyze this uh, <laughs> uh, roster here in a moment, but uh, who is he? I don't Is he a real guy? Is it a person? You made an error earlier. <laughs> that was a tough He's one of those much. guys that I made up. Um, you always talk about. <laughs> right, he, but he, he evidently exists, and the Reds are now winning six one. Oh my goodness! I like uh, this as insurmountable as the uh, UNC being uh, fifteen at halftime against Kansas. That's a college basketball comment. Yeah, that was. I, I didn't watch the rough. tournament this year because no, there were no good. There were no good teams in the tournament this year. So Hunter Strickland, whatever. We don't have to talk about him. Yeah, let's just hope he pitches well. Backup catcher? <laughs> Wait a minute. Starting catcher. I guess we love uh, just uh, I'm desperately in love with him. Aramis Garcia is the backup catcher. He's 29. He, you know, has uh, played, a, a, what, 30, 69 games with the, with the Giants and the A's. He decided to uh, move out of the back. And go nuts during Red Spring training with the power. 
and uh, he's the backup catcher. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't have any comments about Aaron. What's his What's his last name again? Yeah. Ramirez Garcia. Oh no, Gar- Garcia. I know that was a that was a dumb joke. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Any comments about? I mean, the, our, the Reds' backup catcher. I hope Tyler Stevenson stays healthy. Yeah. You know, here's my thing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my thing about the backup catcher position. Okay, Aramis, I hope you're great. Who cares, the backup catcher? But this year would have been a great year for the Reds not to cheap out and refuse to pick up the option on Tucker Barnhart. Because you could play Tucker Barnhart 40% of the games. You at least know you're going to get elite defense. And, you know, he he, he hit the ball last year. But he is what he is. We know Tucker Barnhart. But you could shift him around. You could uh, let Tyler Stevens at catcher. But then with the DH and with him being a backup vital, you, you could get him in the lineup every day, Tyler Stevenson. And so that, I would I wish we had better option backup catcher. This is am I really complaining about the backup catcher? I'm sorry. I don't know where I was going with this. Doug. I'll let you yell at me or whatever you want. It's, it's your show. You can do whatever you want to. You make the rules. <laughs> okay, so infielders. It's Kyle Farmer, Jonathan India, Mike Moustakis, Joey Votto. We have Colin Moran. Another, another good... Uh, no? Can you hear me? Are we going choppy again? I can hear you now. You you're you are going choppy for me at least. <laughs> I'm gonna go upstairs and I'm going to have a harshly worded conversation with my children. Um, looks like Joe Randis joining us. Joe, <laughs> welcome. How we doing? How we doing? We're, we're doing great. The Reds are up six to one. I mean, what's what's to complain about? I think I'm missing Joey Votto being mic'd up. Again, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Back? That was my only complaint about the podcast. Oh, uh, this is, by the way, I said his, his, for some reason he says his name is, is Joe Randa. This is actually Chris Garber. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Now, Chris has been, uh, unfortunately, uh, undergoing some, uh, you know, uh, he has to have, he had some parenting duties, I think. And uh, I, I have not been doing mine as well as we've discussed all podcasts, but uh, you didn't get to see Joey Votto mic'd up earlier. It was glorious. I uh, yeah my my I was coaching uh, one of my son's baseball practice tonight, and uh, as I came in the door, the other son was telling me Joey Votto was entertaining him. Oh, incredibly entertaining! Incredibly. So am I violating uh, FCC rules right now? Uh, probably, no. but I, I I don't care. What, what is that there? Well, it's what uh, particular brand we're looking at here. This is a Bodie from the Columbus Brewing Company, a delicious double IPA. It really oh, is good, man. I I need a triple IPA. I can't deal with just double. That's lame. Just have two of them. Um. Yeah. There. You, oh, there you go. So, um. Doug, you're welcome to. You're welcome. To stick around if you want. No, but not. you can chat if you want. But I know you had some other things you were going to do tonight. But, uh, Aristides Aquino, yeah, I, Jake Fraley, Tyler Naquin, Tommy Pham, Nixon, Zell. Uh, anyone want to have a requiem for Shogo Akiyama? I I wish him the best. No. 
Um, no. Hello? I can hear you. Loud and clear. Chad, Chad's been having some problems. I don't know. Yes. Uh, I've been having some issues. So I'm going to leave and Doug, Doug and Chris can finish this thing. Uh, no, Doug, if you have to get out of here, <laughs> I understand. Right. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do need to go, fellas. It was All right, fun. Doug. Enjoy Take it. care. See you guys Enjoy. next time. Thanks, Doug. We will now bring on full full time the uh, the B team, Chris Garber. Chris, uh, you, you, it was a game tonight. Just a practice. You're, he was playing. Was it just, okay, just a practice? Okay, all right. Just a practice. Good practice. Little uh, um, indoor batting cages, kind of a thing. What's in, interesting is. Um, Tonight we are in the rain on the varsity team here at his little high school. So, uh, what position? You know, big night for the for the uh, designated hitter. So, nice. position. He made no errors. <laughs> he had three good at bats uh, and went over. <laughs> but uh, liner to left field, a couple a couple flyouts to center field. No, good at bats. I'm, I'm proud of the boy. So trust the process. Trust the process, absolutely. But he's still tied with me for varsity hits uh, <laughs> at all time <laughs> career hits. Uh, he'll get well, there. Yeah. So DH was my anyway. Best position, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I all I could do was field. I could. I could. Um. So the Reds six to one now. Bottom of the sixth. Uh, they've looked pretty good so far. Uh, Tyler Malley looked good. Um. Luis says in the game now, the Reds look good against Max Freed. Uh, and, you know, there'll be some clips, I'm sure, online, Chris, but uh, you need to go uh, to murder. They were, that guy, man, is just, he's a different breed. I, I got to admit, I don't quite understand oh, um, what's going on. It's, I, it's weird. I've been seeing some of the Votto TikToks, and I, I – I don't know that I understand what exactly is happening now. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, for so long, Joey Votto was kind of an enigma, you know, a mystery wrapped in a riddle covered in secret sauce. And now, now he's like going all in the, the you know, my, I, I will, I will, me because I think it's hilarious. I think it's fantastic. I've enjoyed every minute of Votto's social media experiment. But yeah, then we have the uh, the the mic'd up uh, situation tonight, and, and and he was funny to me. I mean, he, he was he was talking like way too much. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't shut up. It was it was great. I don't I don't know what's happening, but I'm here for it. I guess is what I'll say. I, I'm all for it. No, um, what's the games on ESPN two? Yes, the deuce. Uh, midlife crisis. Got leather jackets. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, and Joey said it was a midlife midlife crisis. That's what he said on on, on the show tonight. And uh, but I don't know. I'm here for it. I've had my I midlife crisis. I get it. So um, now we've been talking about the, the what's been going on here. We've been talking about 
the uh, the, the opening day roster. We've kind of gotten through all that. And we haven't mentioned yet, and I feel like we probably should, the billboard thing. So I'm going to bring you in on this. Um, and, and, you know, I've stayed away from it because some people are like, it, it's negative and I, it's opening day and I want to be positive. I'm watching actual Reds baseball tonight, but um, <laughs> the billboard thing has gone uh, crazy today. I did a couple of interviews with uh, two local television stations about the billboard. And if you haven't seen it yet i'm going to try to see if this works here there it is yeah, there it is there is the actual billboard that we did a gofundme for and it's there videoed it today and and they did a couple stories and i don't know it was uh it was interesting um i've tried really hard to distinguish the team who, you know, the play can't blame them. I, I want to cheer for the laundry thing, right? Versus the uh, Blenny. But um, I did want to say it's been a crazy week. You guys funded the billboard. It's actually, it's, the whole thing is ludicrous. I can't believe that we, <laughs> we've actually done this. But, but um, there you go. Chris, any thoughts? Well, um yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's hilarious. First off, um, I'm I'm glad that. Uh, well, you tell me. I mean, what kind of reaction are you getting? Are you getting people who are ticked off about it, or are, you know, the only people you're hearing from are the ones who think it's funny and are kind of on on board with it? Well, they had some comments uh, on the uh, the Fox 19 uh, broadcast from people from some people who thought the Reds need to stay the course. Trust the process. Give Bob Castle any more time. Okay. So I, they, uh, was that was the name Phil C? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, no, I've not gotten uh, Most people yeah, take it for the, you know, for what it's worth. And, and something that I said uh, on, I, I also did another interview with ABC nine uh, in Cincinnati that it should be on at 11 o'clock tonight. And then uh, tomorrow, you know, and, and my thing was just this. Do we expect Bob Kesselin to drive by that billboard, see it, and immediately start shopping the team? <laughs> My God, that's a good idea. <laughs> Why did I think of that before? No. But what, I think, <laughs> what I think is fun about it is that we had a, you know, a couple hundred people, most of them donating $5, $10, $25, for a chance to... Why'd you take eighteen hundred dollars from me? <laughs> that was the the bulk of the uh, the uh, GoFundMe. I'm sorry, I, I sold him <laughs> one. Everybody had to give that much. I, <laughs> right. fair. Um, I, you know, I just it's 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 funny to me that some people got really mad about me doing this, but most people have taken it in the spirit for which, which it was intended, which is just you know, let some regular Reds fans. Make a statement. You know, um, we don't expect anything out of this, but it's, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it started out as a joke here and it ended with an actual billboard on I-75. Well, <laughs> I, I got to admit that when I saw the, 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 the story on one of the websites that had it, I actually clicked on the picture because that play button on there, the YouTube 
like logo on the billboard, I thought that was an actual thing that would make it do something. <laughs> it didn't work, huh? No, do you remember when YouTube, didn't YouTube like sponsor the World Series a few years ago? And they had one of those buttons like behind the plate on the thing. That's and right. I like, like my kid walked up and like touched the TV because he thought something was going to happen. <laughs> That's right. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's like, uh, you know, <laughs> these days I've done this. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've done this. You ever read a book and uh, there's a big picture in the book and you like try to, <laughs> try to zoom in? Because I got to oh. use these things to see. Right. If I'm on a Kindle or an iPad, I'm in good shape, but a paper book or a newspaper, and I get real mad. I get real <laughs> right. mad when a magazine, I'm like, I want to see how they did that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, you know, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the billboard on opening day uh, because, uh, all right, if, if Chris is going to do this, I'm going to, if you're not right, watching. I'm not, on I'm not Chris anymore. I'm Clark Kent. You don't recognize me. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, yeah, we got jokes. Thank you all for doing it. You know, I'm, I'm interested that it has actually gotten some traction uh, locally and, uh, and Bob's going to ignore it, but at least we got to, got to say what we wanted to say. So, so did you guys talk about his, uh, this, not his interview, but the story that the inquirer put out yesterday? We didn't, we did not. It, uh, actually, oh, the, the Inquirer story yesterday. Actually, that was I was um, surprised a little bit. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm gonna. I just, just I wasn't prepared for this, so I'm a little bit off. But uh, between, I think uh, one of the beat reporters. I don't know if it was Charlie or, or or Bobby, and then the the Inquirer's business reporter. It was Bobby. Was Bobby of, Nightingale. Was it Bobby Nightingale? They did a really well. I thought fair and and well reported and researched uh, dig into basically what the heck's going on over there. And, uh, you know, they did the kind of standard thing, which was, uh, you know, the Reds invested a bunch of money before the 2020 season. COVID happened. They didn't have any money that year. But then tried to peel back at least one layer of the onion that is MLB team finances. And, uh, and you know, got into how much did they really lose, how much have they made over the years, um, they mentioned one interesting fact that, you know, when when Major League Baseball had created Major League Baseball Advanced Media, which was a technology company that powers MLB.com, MLB TV, Disney Plus, it's the back end for a lot of powerful services. MLB sold off a good chunk of that a few years ago. And I think every team, would they get 50 million or 60 million dollars? A billion dollars. I don't, I don't remember. But they said it was interesting that that was the only time that the Reds cashed that out and gave it to the owners. And so they said that's the only time they've done it, but we do have proof that at least one time the Castellinis and apparently the other partners took a payout from team operations. So, which contra contrasts with with Kessling's bragging to Paul Doherty before last season about he's never made a cash call to the other owners yeah. to try to fund the team. Yeah, I, you would never have to do a cash call to fund a major league baseball team. A bank is going to loan you money against the equity in that business in ten seconds. There is absolutely no problem 
with cash flow. But if you decided that you're going to run your Major League Baseball team on a positive cash flow basis every year, then, which I don't really know they did, but I think on certain years they've decided that, then you lead, it leads you to decisions like we've seen. Now, the more interesting part of that article, in my opinion, was the part that briefly looked at his other non-baseball related businesses and things I didn't know. I'd heard the story that he, had, he owned a resort in the Phoenix area and he recently sold that. Um, you know, I didn't think I'd heard some kind of rumors and, and speculation about what that meant, but I didn't really think it meant much necessarily. But I didn't know that the Castellini company, the produce company, had laid off so many people during the, the, the pandemic and after. And that, at least as the article positioned it, it wasn't just people stopped going to restaurants, so the produce suppliers had to kind of reconfigure and repackage and, and that kind of thing we read a lot about back a couple years ago. It sounded like they were under pressure generally and they were moving into a more of a, a specialty niche about refrigerated trucking or, or something like that, which I thought that was really interesting. And I, I don't know how much money the guy has in the bank and how much of his personal situation is tied up in that business and how much that affected him. And to, you know, to be clear, the reds answer was not, it didn't nothing about, you know, everything's great and everything's fine and none of that's affecting the team. But where I end up on it is if you have one person calling the shots, which the Reds do, ultimately, we've learned that, that Bob Castellini signs off personally on every trade, on every free agent, on every major decision, that you're then subject to that person's how they feel on a given day. You know, I remember one famous rich person was asked about his net worth and he said, well, it kind of depends on how I feel on a given day. I think that how the Reds operate is based a lot on how that guy feels on a given day. And if he's feeling pressure from a business over here, he's feeling it. And even if he walks into the stadium and you tell him we're fine over here, he may have a different approach and a different view of, of circumstances, and he may evaluate things from a different perspective than he might have if, you know, everything was churning off uh, cabbage on the other side. Yeah, it was. You listen, we, uh, you know, there, there's good reason to dream uh, media, quote unquote, uh, for the purpose of this discussion. But uh, there's been some allegations that local media has kind of carried water for uh, feedback that they were not going to talk about it a lot because the res were going to give them crap about it. I won't uh, mention any names. I will say that this piece by Bobby Nightingale, and I can't remember the business reporter's name. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate that. I forget that, but it was, uh, it was a good piece. It was, it was as good a, a piece as I've seen from local media about the reds in a long time. Um, and it's worth it's worth a read if you get a chance to go look at it. Um, what you're saying, Chris, really kind of reminds me of what I what I said to someone earlier today, which was that I think just in the last few weeks we saw some evidence of what you're talking about. The Reds trade 
Jesse Winker. They, you know, they get rid of all these guys. And then it looked, it really looked an awful lot like Castellini said, I don't know which Castellini, but one of the Castellini said, got to cut payroll. And then fans started screaming. And so they go out and get Tommy Pham. It's like one day he walks into the office and says, oh no, this is not good. Uh, we need to get somebody, you know, I, I don't know if, that, if that's what happened behind it, closed doors, but it just, that's what it seems like. It sure does. Doesn't it? It feels like, you know, I think we've talked about it before, like forward, reverse, forward, reverse, but it does feel like that. It feels like, cause I mean, they made that, they made that Tucker Barnhart move and that Wade Miley move. What literally the day after this, the world series, yes. the first they could do it. So somebody all September had been saying, we got to cut this payroll down. And so they did. And then they had the lockout and everything was on pause as far as, far as transactions go. But clearly, as soon as the lockout was over, you know, Sonny Gray is out the door and Eugenio Suarez with Jesse Winker tied to his tail is out the door. And, and then I just, it feels like there was a conversation that said, what the hell? Well, boss, you told us to cut payroll. Why well, didn't mean that? We don't have anybody on this team. Give me some guys that I've heard of. And so I, I honestly, I have never seen the Reds sign so many 34-year-old guys that are maybe they'll be okay and maybe they won't at like at market rates too that's the other that's the other thing about all those signings none of those guys are going to be great but they paid sticker price for Tommy Pham and for Donovan Solaro and for Hunter Strickland like none of those guys are like took a bargain deal to come to Cincinnati reclamation project. They're like dudes at the tail end of their career. That'll probably be okay, but you might get stuck holding the bag on one or two of them. And they paid full rate, which is not, I almost think I've gone through the looking glass, but I'm like, is that the new inefficiency? Is that the new money ball? Like paying market rate <laughs> right. deals for 34 year olds. Because, I mean, like traditionally, even going back 30 years, 40 years, like that's what Moneyball was about, was learning that paying market prices for 34-year-olds is a bad idea. Like free agent dudes. You know what I mean? But who's the other? I'm forgetting. There's one more guy. The the whole system flips so much. That's now... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, look, as much as I beat those guys up, I do try to like interrogate myself and say, am I just like hammering them for everything? Is there some kind of like so crazy it might work to this? I don't, I don't think so. It's not like those guys are, I mean, I don't know. What are they paying Tommy Pham? Seven million? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Well, that's what they were going to pay Jesse so, Winker. If Tommy Pham's a two-win player, they come out ahead. 
And if Donovan Solaro is a one and a half win player, they come out ahead. So now I think the problem is you can't like get a whole team like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like do it being like this much better than you're paying for isn't how you win a World Series. You've got to got you have to get the guy that is a six win player that you pay twelve million or a four win player that you pay a million. Right. And like three of those dudes. I just what confuses me is they they had a better a younger Tommy Fama and Jesse Winker, they were gonna pay the same amount. They had Basically, they had Wade Miley, who's the exact same player, probably a little better, a little better bet than than Mike Miner, making the same amount. It it just screams of some uh, just the strategy changes every day, and it's I I wish I wish smart enough to know what's going on, and so I'm like yeah. you, maybe we just don't. They're playing eight D chess, <laughs> and we can't understand it. It's just really hard to understand. There's, it's just really hard to under the, the, again. We I went on this the last time. There's just no way I'm going to be able to understand the Miley Minor circus. Like, no, how you're like I can't afford Wade Miley in November, but I can afford Marvin Minor in February. <laughs> right, right, uh, Millicent. Minor. Um, let's answer some viewer mail questions. Shall we? We shall. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so uh, some viewer mail questions. These come from our friends at uh, patreon.com slash riverfrontcency, where you two can support the podcast. First comes from Kyle Kapler. Kyle's question, how bad would Nick Crawl be at AIDS? This is why I like these questions. That's a completely ludicrous question, and I, I kind of love it. Um, I don't know how to actually. I don't, no, I don't even know how to answer that. Is charades the one where you you have to like mime it out, or are you allowed to talk? No, you're not allowed to talk. So he oh, he'd be, be good. Yeah, right. We know. Yeah, where he'd be really bad. He'd be really bad at like the ten thousand dollar pyramid. Where you have to like give people clues as to what you mean, but but not say the word itself. There you go. Yeah, the pyramid game. He couldn't do that twenty thousand dollar pyramid or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because he's bad at talking. We established that last year. Yeah, he'd be great, great at charades. Nick Crawl, great at charades. If you if you heard nothing else tonight, that's what you need to take away. What's on the menu? tonight to kick off the season on the menu um i had a dog at the uh, at the local high school baseball game oh concession that's stand. my menu chris that's has a quadruple ipa that's right i'm on my fourth fourth uh ipa by the uh, by the, uh, by the sixth inning they're selling uh, full pizzas i was saying by the sixth really? inning they were selling pizzas for five dollars Ooh. Now are these yes. Papa John's? Exciting. What's on your menu? Was it Papa John's though? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. One, but probably. Uh, I believe yeah. you had some sort of Mexican casserole. 
We had uh, two practices in a game tonight, so it's Crock-Pot. Crock-Pot, uh, quinoa, Mexican Sounds good. I'll, I'll package you up a bag. Please do, yeah. Dwight Kelly, so we have the shirts. We have the billboard now. What's next? You know, uh, nothing's next. I don't know what's next. You all tell me. I, you know, fun. Oh, you know what's next? What's next? An airplane with smoke coming out of the back of it. Spelling out. Sell the team, Bob. There's got to be one of those dudes in Cincinnati, right? You would not believe. <laughs> Probably. Related, you would not believe the number of people that tweeted at me saying, eh, billboard over the last six months. But why don't we hire a plane to you know, drag a banner Great American Ballpark on opening night, or opening day, whenever they're... Yeah. I honestly will tell you that as long as you get a time when he's there, I don't know. the plane will drive him absolutely up the wall. That's a good point. The plane will, it, there's something about those airplanes that drives executives batty. Maybe that should be our next project. Uh, I really don't want to try to raise more money. This was fun. I don't want to do it again, but maybe. Rich Thompson. Okay, Rich has a multiple choice question for us here, Chris. C. C. No, that's the that's clearly the wrong answer. Uh, but oh. let me read it to you. Sp spring has sprung. MLB season is here, and we are all full of optimism. I am full of optimism. But which of the following are you most optimistic about? A. The resume. B. Sinzel. That's Nick Sinzel. Has a monster year where he is the All Star Game and League MVP. C. Chad Dotson earns an honorary Cincinnati Community Service Award for his Sell the Team Bob campaign, or D. All of the above. Oh gosh! I honestly, I think C it's, is a, C is the most likely of any of those three things that, to happen. That actually might be true. Uh, no, I think I think A. The Reds make the playoffs are the most likely. I mean, I love Sinzel. I think I'm hopeful if he stays healthy, he's going to be great. He's not going to go to the All Star game and League MVP, probably. Um, I'm not going to win any awards for this Luke and Bob thing. So, but that that actually might be the most likely of Rich's ridiculous choices. All right, last questions come from Carsing. Joe, whenever Chris Garber may make an appearance, always. Is tries to find a Simpsons question. And by the way, Joe, thank you. Joe is instrumental thing. He's the one that priced it, talked to the company. Thank you. His question is this. Bob oh, Castellini is that? Oh, I'm, I didn't know that. Thank you, Joe. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe was in instrumental. His, uh, uh, his comment question, Bob Castellini is worse than months. See Montgomery Burns, and if you include the whole blocking out the sun thing, all in agreement. That's his. Are we in agreement that he's worse than C. Montgomery Burns? 
I mean, Burns is is you, pretty Chris. malevolent. Burns is pretty pretty darn evil. I don't think Castellini is Burns. It's more of a Grandpa Simpson owning the team situation from the way I see it. There's no plot. Well, Joe also plot out the sun. Joe also says that uh, Nick Kroll is principal Skinner. To yeah. which I, I would uh, I would add uh, would be who in the in the Reds organization is Disco Stewart? <laughs> Joey Votto, maybe. Uh, Joey Votto is getting there. He is definitely getting there. Uh, I do I do like that. Principal Skinner thing, because I, I can see Crawl being uh, called into the office like uh, Superintendent Chalmers. Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, at some point, we should devote an entire episode of the show to which Simpsons character is which red. Oh, we're gonna do this. I, we'll do this, I'll, and I I'll, I'll go all the way back. I'll go all the way back to like Dan Dreesen is Lenny. <laughs> I I'm, I gotta think this one through. He's but not. He's not. Gary Reedus. Gary Reedus is Lenny. But oh, clearly, clearly, yeah. I just I just want to know who's Ralph Wiggum. Who is Ralph Wiggum? Wayne Krinsky. I have to think this one through. I think it's Wayne Krivsky. Krivsky fell English? Possible. Oh, my. I think Wayne Krivsky had a crayon up his nose once. <laughs> I think so. All right. I think that's a good place to, to stick a pin in it. Uh, the Reds are winning 6-1, to one, top of the eight. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. Nixon Zell's 2-0 and o right now. 2-1. Oh, um. Uh, you know, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us here. I, I guess the last thing I'll ask you is, do you have optimism? Does the fact that opening day is here and kind of the, the you know, the, the field of dreams gooeyness about opening day, does that, do you have any kind of optimism? You know, I don't like that crap, but I, I'm glad that I can watch <laughs> baseball. I'm glad that I can watch baseball every day for the next six months. That's really cool. Um, the truth of it is I'll, I canceled my MLB TV and then my goofy son went ahead and signed up for it on his phone because he wanted the free trial and then he <laughs> forgot to cancel it. So he wants to watch the stupid Cubs, but I may, I mean, I want to watch Otani and I want to watch Bryce Harper and I want to watch like all the cool players in the league. And unfortunately, not all the cool players are on the Reds anymore. So I'm excited for baseball. I'll watch Reds baseball. I'm still not optimistic. I've been wounded. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wounded. I'm trying to be optimistic here, but I get, I mean, it's just, we've devoted all this time over our lives to, 
talking about the Reds, to thinking about the Reds, to writing about the Reds, and and um, yeah, hash browns sell the team, Bob. Anyway, Senzel just uh, struck out. Front, you can uh, find us at YouTube. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't know all these social media places. Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. That's where you can support the podcast if you want. I am Chad Dotson. He is Chris Garber. And uh, well, how do I end this for for Chris Garber and uh, I don't know Brendan Drury. This is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone.